Just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, he's been working away in the lab with a pen and a pad trying to get this damn episode off, Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm good. How are you today, Reg? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I think we should disclose to folks, this is we're doing something a bit different. We can see each other for the first time. You're we're normally in a little... I'm in my little sorrow cubby hole behind me. Yeah, I have this yeah. uh, whisper room I've set up in, which is where I. It really cushions the sound of my sorrow and sighs. <laughs> you know the. So I'm, yeah. I'm out here in the open. So when you hear me, we, we won't be, we won't be sighing much today. I really hope not. Apart from maybe in the the news section, but it it, it gets a bit echoey when I'm out here. So I I do apologize for that. But the joy of this is, I get to see Richard Miller's face. And I get to see Luke Gledel, so it's uh, it's it's all different. It's uh, yeah. Normally, Luke is squirreled away in his uh, his grief cupboard, his glory <laughs> hole, um, whatever you want to call it. He's normally there, and um, my, you know, my, rather than my, my dickless glory hole. <laughs> apart from apart from me, the the I am the dick in that one. So yes, and I have a dick. Yes, yeah, it's, it's very it's it's very oh. complex. Charlie Kaufman's writing something about it. Trust me. <laughs> um, shall we move along to the the news section? Let's do that. Breaking hoo-hoos. <laughs> Is somebody being murdered in your house, Luke? I think so, yeah. I think um I think it's probably some rats in the walls just bashing each other with pipes. <laughs> Those city rats that everyone hears about. Yeah, <laughs> of course there are no rats in Alberta, unfortunately. So they're just they're just massive mouses, massive mice, <laughs> mices. Ah, this, anyway. is, this is a new experience. But well, that's quite breaking news, isn't it? That if there's a some sort of crime happening on, around your property, um, but <laughs> but Sheffield Wednesday wise, getting specific. I mean, they're, they're two slightly odd topics we've, we've pulled out here but uh first off was gary monk uh participating in a long a long form article about managerial burnout but the sort of juicy tidbits from a wednesday point of view were that uh he he said that his one his one mistake <laughs> it's like i live next to a mill or something what is what is this have you checked the have you checked the glory hole to see that somebody else isn't in there making use of the facilities. In case there's a Victorian robot just cranking off in there or something. <laughs> I mean, we expected to get more room, but uh, this is really taking the biscuit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of beautiful. You can just close your eyes and imagine them and some mill, mill on the floss. <laughs> Trouble, trouble, trouble at mill on force. Trouble at mill. Trouble at mill. Well, what did what did you make of uh, Gary Coy Gaz's uncoy statement that uh, the one mistake in his managerial career was was taking up the Wednesday job? It, it kind of, I don't like the weird thing with it is is like it's it's it doesn't surprise me. It feels like it should surprise me. 
but it doesn't surprise me. Well, I, I suppose it's we we've all got to think of reasons to pick ourselves up at, um, each each fresh day, and I I, <laughs> I think you do see that most kind of transparently in sport and I think individual sport you see it even more so and to an extent being a manager is kind of an individual sport it's at the end of the day you're the one with sole (laughs) responsibility for those results the players we do say oh it's the players fault or whatever but generally managers get plaudits when teams win they get criticized when teams lose the problem is that I think with these things is we we get a little bit and then we we get the chance and the opportunity as we're doing now to read into this like everybody does. Mm. We will never know to the true cost of everything exactly what went on. You know, I'd, I'd like to know. I'd love to read Gary Monk's diaries um, during that time. I'd love it. We if might kept, get a new. I'd love it if more football a... managers did that, kept like a series of di- diaries. Like a mix between well, it, like Adrian Mole and like, um, you know, like the captain's log on a, on a ship or something. <laughs> That would be fun. It would. Have you ever heard of Ben tapes? What tapes? Uh, it's like Tony Ben did. Uh, he did an audio diary. It's been sort of serialised on Radio 4, but you got him doing his voice. I, I, I haven't prepared this um, uh, in advance, but I, it's quite an okay impression, I think. But it's just him kind of like, so he's reporting in, he's like, Mrs. Thatcher did such and such. So he's like going through all the um, different, Areas of his life. It's it's really fascinating to listen to. Highly recommended. But um, I mean, Gary Monk has did his kind of tease titled autobiography, where everybody thought he was probably going to come out as gay with his loud, proud, and positive um, <laughs> autobiography. <laughs> so maybe we're just waiting on loud, proud, and positive part two. This time, I really do come out. But it's but what I was sort of saying in terms of that individual sports person mentality is the answer can never be that I wasn't good enough yes. as an individual yeah. sports person. So it can't be that the other guy is better than me. It has to be an excuse. It has to be it was an off day. I wasn't pr- prepared properly. It was I was wearing the wrong underpants. Do you know like it has to be something tangible mm-hmm. that you can point out rather than it can't be that job was too big for me or I failed there. It's got to be, do you know what? That was, you know, it was just a mistake from the outset. Why did I do that? Stupid gaz, I said to myself every day um, as mm-hmm. I beat my head repeatedly against the wall. <laughs> it wasn't, I mean, it, it was a mistake. <laughs> it was a mistake from both sides. He he didn't live up to. But like, I, I always feel. I oh, know. I always feel like I want to kind of agree and think that there's some great vision to a manager. And oh, it, in my opinion, it didn't work for this for this reason. Like, there's obviously there's bad situations, and there's you know we're never going to get him put his hands up and say, "Look, I'm completely out of my depth here," or mm. my talents aren't going to be come out with any great monk juice. That's kind of Wednesday team around. But, like, in that case, when someone said it was a mistake, it, it, it usually kind of thinks, like, I, I wasn't supported in the role to do my vision. Maybe mm. I naturally kind of think of it that way. That's normally, yeah, that's normally the story, isn't it? Yeah. And we'd like to, I mean, that that's sort of the most fascinating bit of the monk. Well, 
our great unknowns that we would love to fill in the gap on are what happened after Christmas. You know, we were a team that were third on Boxing Day and then barely won a game for the rest of that season. So what happened there? I know Fletcher was part of it. We had a whole system built around Stephen Fletcher and without Stephen Fletcher, things didn't work as well. But we were there thinking, you know, Jack Skeleton's not back for Nightmare After Christmas, is he? (laughs) Exactly. Mm. Um, but then the other the other thing that you'd love to have an insight in is is the summer, you know, was how much how many choices were Gary Monks, um, <laughs> in terms of those signings. <laughs> Sorry, I was just like, you want to think about the summer? What were the barbecues like? You know, how many rainy days were there? <laughs> I mean, obviously, he overfilled the hot dog, and the roll split. And it was a disaster. But what led him to that? You know, why did he think he could he could ladle on the sweet corn relish after he already had onions? What is it? <laughs> this is this is an even bigger disaster than Marcus Tudgate's barbecues. Like, what's what's going on here? <laughs> but as you say, was there a plan that he wasn't allowed to follow yes. through with? Yeah. I mean, you look at just it, it was baffling. Almost all of our signings were weird in one way or another last mm-hmm. summer. Uh, and it hasn't worked. So, yeah, it would, it would be nice to get a bit more insight. But it's, I suppose it's just intriguing to hear, you know, already so quickly he is, he's calling that, that period of his life a mistake and, and wanting to, to move on from it. The non-disclosure um, the bit... has expired, so he can disclose that it was a bad idea. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the other bit of news was the, the under-23s and a reasonably strong under 23s mm. team were absolutely handed their asses by uh by Sheffield United in in a derby a derby for the ages it's a bit embarrassing I, I don't tend to care very much about under 23s football but it doesn't speak very highly that these are the guys that we're hoping potentially can drop in and turn games for us yeah i mean the pigs had a couple of strong players i mean they played Musay and low i think they played who's varying shades of first team football you know obviously they typically have a very promising academy the fact that we went in with who did we play here we played we played izzy brown we played kachunga there's a few other people as well and yeah did did absolutely did absolutely nothing to you know, ripple the back of the, the piggy's net. It's pretty astonishing. The, um, Let alone the fact a... we get into Izzy Brown picking up a red card as well. <sighs> I mean, what do we say about Izzy Brown at this stage, really? Yeah. Well, we had, yes, we had, yeah, Hunt, Hunt, Penny, Galvin, who's been in and around, Izzy Brown, Harris. And Kachunga, so sort of more than half the team there is is first team or first team periphery members. <laughs> uh, um, disappointing, disappointing. I think that's all we can say, isn't I it? Noticed, this is one thing I noticed, and I, I don't know whether this is why he was so angry, but the um, the the hairband from Izzy Brown now. Now, let's uh, most most. Most men experience some 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 hair loss. That's a that's a fact of life. You know, there's no judgment in this. 
I think what I think what we can judge is the kind of desperate measures that people go to to kind of pretend this is not happening or mm. act to the world like this is not happening. Mm-hmm. And it, it appears very much that that hairband from Izzy Brown is is disguising the fact that the hairline goes up very, very high now. And the, in, in his sort of picture of his sort of sending off, the, the, there was just a hairband was here, and then there was a clear, there was a visible gap of, of sort of forehead, uh, or five head, I guess, in this case. Um, I, I just want to say, Izzy, it's fooling no one. Let's just, let's, let's grow up a little. Let's just accept that life is happening. You're getting older. You know, and a sign of your maturity is maybe stop pretending that 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 hair's not going going a long, long way back there with that with that silly kind of um, hairband. That's my message to to Izzy Brown really on on his sending off in the under twenty three game. <laughs> We're not fooled anymore, is he? Won't be fooled again, is he? Ah. <laughs> oh. A lovely song, which brings us on to, Luke, our main yes. subject for today. So I thought this would be really fun. The other week, actually, I'll just kind of give a bit of background here to there's a little bit of context to what we're going to do today. Um, I have been doing the old VPN and have been fooling it to fooling my Amazon Fire TV to thinking I'm many places in the world, like Carmen San Diego. <laughs> I only ever really go to Seattle, a GameStop in Seattle, Washington and some uh, undisclosed location. I think it was maybe an old house in uh, in Sheffield. So really, really exotic uh, locale. <laughs> so by doing this anyway, I managed to get, uh, for some reason I couldn't get a lot of the UK ones, but I did get the UK TV Play app, which I've kind of been enjoying watching. Just reminding myself, like even crap UK television is still good, good light years ahead of the television that we have here in Canada. Really, it's basically Canadian television right now and pretty much of the weekend as we speak is pretty much treading water until hockey comes on or some variant, some variant of the Olympics that I didn't realize was on. But um, <laughs> Do you know they have one for every season? What? Do they, do they have a... They, I think I have made that up. Do they have a, a cream-egg season Olympics? I, I want to be in that yeah, one. Yeah, that's, that's in the spring. Because I've, I've been in, uh, I've been in training for the Cream Egg Olympics. Pretty hard. <laughs> All your life. All my life. All my life. So he, ready. he was born ready, born ready to smash Cream Egg <laughs> into his mouth. <laughs> I'm just doing the Rocky thing where I just uh, crack him into a glass and eat them raw. <laughs> Uh, Easter eggs as well. <laughs> Smashing exactly. feast. Exactly. Instead of the uh, the hunks of meat. <laughs> Sorry. We digress. <laughs> so uh, one of the shows I was watching on there was a one of the many kind of list-talking head shows, and it was something like the top 47 best and worst football songs or best of the worst football songs. Hmm. This was something which made me quite irate. I did get some enjoyment of looking back at, you know, the the beautiful world of, you know, the cup final song, you know, that was kind of big in the 80s and pushing into the 90s because we all know that the beginning of the 90s was still a continuation of the 80s. This is how decades work. Things don't magically change on the stroke of 
1st of January 1990 or 2000 or so on. Um, but it, it also made me think about some of the Sheffield Wednesday songs. And looking into this, I decided the other day, I thought it would be a good idea, that what we could do is we could go back and review some of the Sheffield Wednesday songs. And one That's of the idea, one of the big, what we're going to do today is we're going to get onto our main course, which is going to be reviewing. I'm going to be playing some short clips of Sheffield Wednesday. We are the owls. So this was a compilation release on cherry red records. Remember them back from the, you know, our mates, our mates at Wicked. Yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, in 1997, um, I'll just do a little bit of a pop quiz here for you, Rich. Um, could you do you have any ideas what the label release code was going to be for this? I think it's football. It's very stoically English football. <laughs> what would be what would be an English football term? Oh. You had. I'll give you a hint. The hint's going to be Tetley T. Tetley T. Hmm. I'm I'm blanking. I'm really sorry. Okay, okay. Uh, it, it is it is CD Gaffer Twenty Two. Oh, lovely stuff! Lovely. So apparently, the thing they had like a big release. They had like a whole host of different football clubs, kind of compilations of songs. So it's an interesting thing here. Looking at this, there's some things that we'll get into. Um, released in '97. There's some stuff which we know is done before. There's some stuff which I think is probably done around the time. Um, I'll also give you kind of, let's just kind of briefly go through the liner notes as well. Uh, this is the description. As Sheffield Wednesday usher in a new cosmopolitan era, a chance for their fans to pay tribute to the team. Martin Ware, Heaven 17, the Human League, takes center stage with free tracks and the sleeve notes, but he is ably supported by Paul Carrick from Mike and Mechanics and the Thompson Twins, who join the squad to sing We Are the Owls. Finally includes one of the greatest football-related songs, a version of the Ottawa classic D-I-S-E-O, given the Sheffield Wednesday treatment by Doc's Chocks and the Ice Cream Men, with the sublime vocal skills of Euro superstar Paolo De Canio featured. <laughs> 14 tracks, Cherry Red, and then I think there's a note saying 2005, but I think it was out in 1997 initially as well, so it might have been a reissue. Really heartbreaking for us getting into this, and we'll kind of do this a bit later as well. It's available for stream right now, but it only has eight of the 14 songs. And the six six that you are missing are real corkers and things that I really, really, like, really, really love. So it's disappointing. I So I want to kind of do this as a little bit of maybe weird kind of promotion for something that's out of print. You, I'm sure you can go off and stream those eight tracks. If you can go and find the CD... I think that's what I'm going to do after this. After we've done this, I'm going to go get that. Uh, we're just going to play some short clips. I try not to see if we get sued on this podcast. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so that's that's going to be the main course of today's podcast. The appetizer that's going to kind of warm us up. I've reached out to a couple of our friends uh, in the excellent Sheffield Wednesday podcasting community, and they've agreed to very kindly, maybe maybe slightly kind of reservedly, agree to let us play a few of their songs. So uh, first up, I'm going to kind of talk about uh, looking way back of, I haven't listened for a long time to the Wednesday week, but that was one which kind of, I remember very much being in the throes of the promotion season of a 2011, 2012 season. They, they've been going for like at least 10, 11 years at this point. 
Um, as a slight kind of a weird aside, I would say is the funny thing is I'm very aware that like a lot of the personnel from that time have left and are no longer on the podcast. And I didn't kind of understand it. But now Rich and I are at the point of nearly doing two years of this. And I kind of <laughs> kind of get it now. I yeah. kind of realize it, you know. It's uh, I think people can sense our boundless enthusiasm and they know that you're joking when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so much, much great appreciation goes out to all those people and the people who are doing it now, but especially like I reached out to someone who's been very vocal and very kind of positive and supportive this podcast. That's Lord Hillsborough himself, whose Twitter account mm-hmm. is very great and does so many great things. And we never on the podcast ever said or gave great thanks to the gif he did of uh, Air I Author at the oh, beginning yes. of this season, which was really, really magical. So that meant a lot to us. So want to thank him a great deal. Reached out to him. He was very, very supportive. So I want to play a couple of tracks from the Wednesday week. Uh, the first one I'm going to play is the Stephen Bywater song, which I remember at one point actually passing on to Rich and saying, listen to this. And he was a bit like, what have you, what have you made me listen to here? <laughs> so anyway, without any further ado, uh, the Wednesday week song about Stephen Bywater. Beautiful, lovely take on uh, Arne Garfunkel's "Bridge Over Troubled Water," and I, I love the, I love the way that uh, how pronouncing about Stevie by Water, that is, yes. that is fantastic. Some great enunciation on that one, and the the refrain of that he will lay you out is something that is fantastic, and something I do genuinely believe would happen as well. That's well, just- famously, he was going to be a. <laughs> He said he wanted to be a cage fighter after his football career was over, Steve. <laughs> so yeah, more than more than enough room for truth. Yeah, um, but 
lovely uh, memories of Stephen Bywater, who's is spoken about more than most um, underutilized goalkeeping options through the years on this podcast. And uh, as you say, the majesty of uh, of bridge over troubled water tied to that memory. It's, it's lovely. Brilliant. Um, you would believe someone who said they would be a cage fighter after they decided to eat some rice pudding with a toothbrush? Yes. That's the best that Twitter has ever been. That was p- the peak of Twitter. It should have just finished. That's true. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Steve Bywater. In his car, eating eating rice pudding with a, with a toothbrush. That should have been it, really. Anyway, that is very excellent. So that's one of the ones I want to play. Uh, the other one we're going to get onto here is um, this is a video dedicated to Barry Bannon, and um, we'll get onto the song in a second. The thing that kind of breaks my heart was when he uh, contacting Ward Hillsborough about this. So they did like a really good uh, video compilation of when we signed Bannon, and just remembering really peak Barry Bannon when he joined Sheffield Wednesday, just how electric yeah. he was. It's it's so different to think he's the same player in a weird way. Yeah. It feels like his Sheffield Wednesday career has been a very long paper round. <laughs> in terms of his yes. less now. Anyway, let's get into it here. So this is uh this is a song for Barry Banner. Carlos got a call saying, have you heard? Bannon is up for transfer from Palace. So he rushed to speak with Mr. Chancery. He said we need this fella in our team. And just a few weeks later, Bazaar arrived. Oh, Villa didn't want him, Palace let him go. Must have had their reasons, but now they're thinking no! Cause for 16 years we've been looking for a player like Bannon Bannon, Barry Chuffin Bannon Watch him play the ball, he'll put you in a trance On more than one occasion, I think I've wet my pants Cause for 16 years we've been looking for a player like Bannon Bannon, Barry Chuffin Bannon Excellent. And now, unfortunately, more times we're saying Barry Chuffing Bannon and a more kind of negative take. But um, <laughs> but absolutely beautiful, just to think about how great it was when... Do you remember that period of signing Bannon and thinking, like, why are we signing another centre mid? Yes. And then he played and was like, oh, oh, that's why we signed another centre mid. <laughs> I do remember, yeah, that lasted all of one game. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting with... Uh, uh, yeah, it's a it's a lovely lovely song, um, and um, yeah, the, as I say, the video really makes it as well because it's all these wonderful, wonderful highlights of uh, of the early years of Bannon. But yeah, it's an interesting thing with Bannon, like because under Carlos, he did sometimes play a wing position, mm. which maybe forced him further up the field. I, he is, mm. I don't know. The more he's at the business end of things, the more he's involved in good things but whether it's just legs or whatever reason he's dropped further and further back during his time with us anyway 
<laughs> anyway, absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much a lot. Yeah, for, thank for, you so much. For, uh, it's coming through and uh, agreeing to share those with us. So I'm, I'm very, very grateful. Uh, a couple of shout outs as well. I remember the Wednesday week as well, around that time, um, Eddie, who was on there, did a did a song on the um, on the the season, the first season of Culver Hell, and it was about Semedo. Do you remember this? And it's um, Enrique Iglesias' hero. Oh, nice. So I can, I can be Samido, baby. I can take away the pain. He said, the final line is the best one, which is, you can pick me for Wolves away. Which, remember, we did because it was the game that we had, and it was just like, everyone's tired. We got up to the playoffs. Let's just let's play Jose Samido now. Because at that point, yeah. it was purely of me. And also contains the immortal line of, what if I told you Ronaldo's my best friend? <laughs> which is uh, something he often comes out of. So that was fantastic as well. Lovely. Yeah. So uh, moving on from that, I want to kind of bring ourselves across to North American border and give some great thanks to uh, my fr- our friends at the Owls America. So I, I reached out to them and mentioned a couple of songs that I really enjoyed that they did from the, from the podcast that they do. And when I initially reached out and mentioned the first one, um, which is Jeffrey Paternostro, um, host of the Owls America, the beautifully uh, NPR voiced um, baseball writing behemoth that hosts the Els Americas kind of got back to us and said, yeah, that hasn't aged well. <laughs> and the reason why, folks, is because um, it was January 2018. Sheffield Wednesday had been languishing with Carlos Calvajal after two, two um, top six push failed seasons. And Wednesday had sacked him and hired Jos Lukai. So... Mm. Jeffrey Paternostro was winding back to uh, Limmy's Song of the Summer with Get, Get Lukai. <laughs> like the legend of the Wednesday It always ends in moaning And keeps the couple groaning Relegation needs postponing We're such a bore The top six seems so far So fix the back four And sell off a big star Yas up all night, just get one I'm up all night for good fun Yas up all night, make them run I'm up all night to get the hookay We're up all night, just get one We're up all night to get some We're up all night, make them run We're up all night to get the hookay We're up all night to get the hookay We're up all night to get the hookay just beautiful i love the somber i love the somber solitary piano take on that classic and it it um it really captured the mood of i felt like carlos calvajal 
has started to disappoint us. And that's kind of desperate need for the bit of rough that came into our Sheffield Wednesday romantic lives in Ross Lukai. <laughs> so I, I agree, Jeffrey, and thank you so much for being kind enough to to let us play that. But uh, it is hilarious. It's very funny. It's very well done. <laughs> and it probably captures some of that, uh, as we said, the you know the Wednesday simplex virus that we all have is that we do get excited when managers get hired, even when we later find out they're a bit a bit crap. We've got to live in hope, haven't we? I think it's I think it's not aged too badly because it's one of those songs where maybe the words are happy, but the tone is quite somber. Mm. So the, the overall feeling coming away from it, because obviously the original Get Lucky is a kind of, you know, it's an orgasmic jig about in your pants number. <laughs> this, is much, this is much, you know, this is much slower and, and contemplative. And I think fitting for, for the Lahukai reign, you know that the slow, ponderous football that we would come to play under under the mustachioed man, I think it's it's quite quite fitting. <laughs> there was some period as well of like it looking okay under Yoss, right? Yeah. I mean, the end of that because I mean the end of that season, it was kind of that was the uh, Zhao and Yu wow. yeah. igniting their footballing talents on the pitch. In the hunt for a, they they were up all night to get a contract, you know. Yeah, yeah, and presumably Luhukai was announced at like three in the morning, like most important announcements around the club tend to happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so depending on where so you were in the world, it was really up all night to get Luhukai. Yeah, so on the nose. Yeah, it's just very very accurate. So yeah, thank you very much for that, Jeffrey. Uh, the other one I'm going to f- focus on as well is. Uh, this is uh, done by Ohio Al, Evan Skilleter. Happy birthday, Evan. It was your birthday this week. I'm disappointed you didn't get a, um, any recognition from the club and from your favorite player, Liam Palmer, for this, uh, for this day. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully that'll change and this will be on. And this was capturing, I think it was around the end of that season. It was a game that we had. It was a way at Hull. And I believe we won through Jordan Rhodes. Jordan Rhodes scored an incredibly rare header. Uh, Do you remember this one, Rich? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, every single Jordan Rhodes goal, pretty much you can remember, because there have not been many of them. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's let's uh, let's get into this one here. Luke playing with a new toy, by the way. A few times a week, I take a trip, grab a fireball for two hours. I sip while the Wednesday play some football on my TV. When one Saturday we were playing at Hall, they'd been promoted once but took quite the fall. This really wasn't a match I was excited for. Rhodesy scored his first goal since December. This really wasn't a season to remember. Then something happened that really caught my eye. The ball went out for a corner kick. The focus moved to midfield, thought the cameraman was shit, but to my surprise, he found himself a squirrel. Not sure how he got there, not sure why. The lads were laughing, and the lassies cried, and that squirrel took off, running down the pitch. That boy was fast with no intention to yield. He had way more pace than Jacob Butterfield, and it was way more entertainment than we'd seen all season long. That day, the squirrel went on a run. 
in the KCOM Stadium, in that shitty little town we call All England. It was a fight for survival, with an old promotion rival. Our season was saved and we sang hallelujah. Absolutely genius. I, I love that one so much. I think it really sums up the joy of watching Dower Sheffield Wednesday football being far removed through coverage through a, a camera in a different continent. So it, it really speaks to me on a number of different levels. You know, especially yeah. the especially line that, you know, they thought the thought the cameraman was shit. But in this case they found some scroll. But I mean, there's plenty of occasions where we do actually think the cameraman is shit because they usually are. Yeah, exactly. There are plenty of occasions where the cameraman is just terrible, so it's not even thinking it's happening. So yeah, no, that's uh, uh what a what a yeah, it's a, what, it's a treat. What a treat of a song. <clears throat> no notes. There's nothing to criticize there. No notes. There? Just... No, well, I, I don't look to criticize any of these. I'm very. Uh... Oh, no, no. Look at the criticism on for the um, the professionals that we get into the the, uh, yeah. on the We Are the Owls compilation. <laughs> Um, speaking of a great lack of professionalism, we thought we would just be very self-serving and round this out with a couple of couple of tidbits that we've given to to the world. So, first of all, I mean, I don't know who this guy is, um, but you know, somehow through my connections with the podcast, I managed to find this guy called Lukey Pump, who did. Um, it's a bit like, I guess, like the SoundCloud world of Lil Pump, and he did uh, Gucci Gang. Um, but he did this one about Andy Knew You, and it's Addy Gang. Addy Gang. Woo! Brr. Yeah. Lukey Pump. Yeah. Addy Gang. Woo! Had the gang, 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 had the gang. Got a lot of love for the big man. Even take the time to press his full name. Ooh, yep, I love Big Dave's ever lame. Watch him take the big chance, take the blame. Shut stuff for Kosovo, it's a shame. Had the gang, had the gang, had the gang. Had the gang, 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 had the gang. Had the gang indeed. Had the gang indeed. It's a shame that Lukey Pump didn't do anything else. It was kind of like a one-hit wonder, almost a bit like Lil Pump. Yeah. And Lu- it's a shame that we don't. It's a shame that Lukey Pump didn't anger people by supporting Donald Trump and um, get sucking on some porn star's toes either. He didn't do those things. <laughs> if only he was asked, he would ask. He would be asked, he would do it, though. That's, that's what we know about Lukey Pump. Right, you know, you'd have to get him out. Of that. On his you'd have to get him out of that sorrow cupboard and his glory holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. I miss. Um, I really miss how did you? Yeah, that's what I would. If I was allowed to ask Gary Monk one question, I'd just scream in his face, "Why?" <laughs> and he'd know it was about Ashley. <laughs> he'd know it was about Ashley. Do you, do you kind of wish it was the late 90s, Rich, so that you could go on and be like, I'm Richard Miller, and I'd love to have a one-to-one with Gary Monk. <laughs> I'd, I'd ask him, what was he thinking when he when he let Addy knew you go? I've just no doubt we would be places higher in the table with Addy Nui in the team. Same performances, same everything else. 
he would have won us points on his own. Mm. And for that, and he wouldn't have cost that much, surely. Come on. Anyway, this is not a review of how badly Gary Monk did in that transfer window. It's about songs, Luke. We're in this for the music. <laughs> exactly. And I know Rich isn't because, um, you know, he made he made the song that is bubbling under on TikTok, just waiting to be picked up and have dancers by. What, what would you call this song, Rich? I don't know. I'd seen some people doing the Voicey app. It's called on uh, on 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 Apple platforms. I wanted to give it a try myself. It was near the start of the season. I was feeling hopelessly optimistic. This really hasn't aged well um, in terms of some of the, <laughs> the, the, the misplaced and the misplaced. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I, I've named it "What the What." What the What sounds good. Beautiful. Winston's got me so tall. Winston, what the what? Starting from below the bottom. Looking up at Drake, where he got going. No digressing, kick me, look to youth. Izzy, fizzy, chay, they are the proof. Winston's got me so tall. Wednesday, what the word? It's to another season, baby. Stick with us, y'all, come on, maybe. Wednesday's got me so tall. Wednesday, what the word? Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, so I, so I, I think I, I can share a little bit of this, or I should say, you know, my my whapping alter ego, um, notorious Lukey G, did on the, the song that I did for for the beginning of the like, and we didn't. I think we both just did a song out of nowhere, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. That was good. We didn't actually kind of coordinate anything, so then it's like, okay. Um, so I actually said, um, watch FDB be better than JOC in one of my oh. lyrics to to Juicy. Uh, and maybe you know he would be better than James O'Connor if he'd ever play a string he's never of, present if he's ever ever going to play a string of games and and so it's interesting to see that and then obviously you went with Izzy Izzy Fizzy Che are the proof we're going with youth which is also funny because Che Dunkley's not too no. young no, no he's, he's no he's no spring chicken but younger than I guess Leuven's maybe who would have left. Lewis has gone a fair while ago, so yeah, he'd already rocked up at Sunderland and played three games before yeah, his yeah, contra- yeah. contract was mutually terminated with mutual consent. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, like we do, like like much of our like other podcasting colleagues that we've covered with these songs is like we we do sometimes get carried away with a, a rage of you know. This, this feeling of optimism that Wednesday could be any good. And <laughs> Izzy, Fizzy, Che are the proof. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Izzy, we've had one good game out of, or one and a half. Uh, <laughs> Fizzy, Fizzy has been sort of the same, same, right? It's probably about two or three. Probably, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, FDB, we had one good cup match, maybe. And that's, yeah. that's it. He's been persona non grata for three of the four managers we've had this season. 
Let's get on to the pros, Luke. Is it time? Is it time? It is time. It is time indeed. <laughs> I'm just going to load up another track into Zencaster here, which we're using. So let's kind of look over this and let me kind of check my notes and kind of we'll go through every track on the We Are The Owls. The first one is by the Wednesday Cop Band, and it is Oh Yes. did make me say oh yes what about you rich the bucket hat is on the whistle's in my mouth i'm doing the running man i'm not even born yet but i'm nostalgic uh <laughs> this is uh <laughs> it's a oh, i love the big yeah the big sort of ravey ravey feel to it the cheap pop house is fantastic um, I I wanted to play and get into it probably a bit extended beyond my kind of limits. So I'm looking to play these songs to give people a feel, a little uh, soupçon of this uh, this record and some of the some of the music. Um, so it's it's by the Wednesday Cop Band. It's called Oh Yes. It's got that cheap pop house feel. We yeah. we go before we get to the do 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 that you know for the which is where we get there i like i love the lyrics to say it's a build-up to you know it's a saturday what a day you know oh yeah yeah and then waiting for the band to play like it's making it it's why we're all going i know it's making that like the real reason we go to hillsborough really is not to watch wednesday it's actually more like they're the what's the name of the top of the pops dancers from like the 70s 80s Oh, you know, legs eleven. Legs eleven. Well, it could be, could well be legs eleven. So maybe oh, that's legs. it. Maybe it's just a, um, a dancing kind of footballing performance to kind of accompany this, um, you know, this music. So that's a real reason we're going. Really, I like how incredibly self-serving the nature of the song is to go into and be like, it's actually all just about the Wednesday Cop Band, really. <laughs> yes. Fair. Yeah. Oh, there's a well, pants. Pe- there's a uh, there's a mixture. In fact, it it changed. Legs and Co. For one, pants people, the Gojos. It moved around. Is the answer? It to, moved to around. That so, but I, <clears throat> I personally would have loved a whole album of this cheap pop house. This is fantastic. Yes. <clears throat> there's a bit later it's in the really- song which goes. Like ba ma 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 I can't even remember how the the the, uh, the melody for that goes. But then they flip the vocal a bit, and I do love it when that happens. It, it gives me great memory yeah. of uh, when I was last working in Sheffield before I moved to Canada. I worked in um, I worked in kind of an area of human resources for a hospital, and, and um, 
I remembered we had the sheer joy, which a lot of departments didn't have, of getting to cheekily have the radio on. And I oh, remember yeah. around the time uh, Calvin Harris's Ready for the Weekend was on. Oh, and nice. It has a bit where the the, vo- the renter vocal housewoman goes, Ready for the weekend, 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 weekend. And that was the best bit of the song. And But I also loved the fact that it pissed my work colleague Lynn off so much. <laughs> but when it got to that bit, which is pretty much near the end of the song, you yeah. know, in that pop radio edit, like she'd be like, oh, turn it off. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Also, while we're bringing on a certain mention of the radio, I can also mention other fellow chef and Wednesday podcaster, James Marriott. And one of the greatest things I think he's done was uh, when we were working – there, we used to tune into Rover FM, and uh, my work colleague Lee was friends with James, and he got James to play Noah in the Whale's Five Years' Time for us one time. Ah, oh, there we while go. While he was doing one of his afternoon drive time shifts on Rover FM, which was fantastic. Very nice. So there we go. So yeah, any other thoughts about the Wednesday Cop Bands? Oh, yes. Well, well, I mean, it is it's a just it is an absolute treat from start to finish. It's got to be said, and like definitely the fact that like it's got that thing of like there's about a minute of of new lyrics, and then the song is four minutes long. So like there's a lot of la 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 at the end, but uh, <laughs> they do they do sort of play around with it. But it's also it's also it is slightly odd in that the, the horns and the singing are almost discordant with the rave track like it's, all, <laughs> it's, very like, it's very like listening to the band because the drummer always seems to be out of time with everybody else in the band so actually it really was quite evocative of being on the carp um so yeah just yeah just fantastic it is pretty ballsy to start a compilation with something by the wednesday cop bands considering they're so divisive i mean um it is a banger. Would they I mean, you are time, you are front loading it, but it it. I wonder if someone not kind of involved with the club is putting this together. Maybe, or someone not of any kind of fan allegiance to this. There's definitely a moment where music was like the gold rush sort of thing, because mm. like that's what this comes from. Is there's money in music, and you can kind of churn out eighties, nineties pop hits in like this sort of style of music and, and that similar sort of feel that sort of stock Aitken and Waterman, like big noise, big production sounds like a pop song. Doesn't really matter. Like if you get some good lyrics or if you get some involvement from the team, even, even better, but we can do a pop song like in almost on autopilot, a bit like the, uh, the Weezer thing of, you know, like, okay, word that says long here, guitar solo here like we've figured out what pop sounds like at this period of time yeah if there was a sheffield wednesday um, version of that rich would it be called stamp as in phil stamp alkin and, <laughs> and waterfront brackets on on the i think that would be the <laughs> name good. of the of the, the <laughs> very good yeah. chart shooting yeah. behemoths so that's but that it, one yeah anything else, sorry something else you want to say there rich no, no, that's fine. No, it's uh, it's just more of the same, really, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, this is one that was officially put out by the club, and this is something that has great nostalgic value for me, and I love it daily because we actually had the seven-inch of this growing up. 
Um, great disappointment to for me to put all this together and look at doing, you know, think about these things, do some research, listen to the songs, do some notes. That um, number one, I rang my dad and said, "Do you remember any Sheffield Wednesday songs?" And my dad's like, "I don't mm. really know, and I don't really care that much for music." And not really interested in like the things outside of the game, yeah. Which probably means that he probably hates my podcast. So huh. there we go. And then ringing my eldest brother Andy and saying, "I remembered we have the seven inch. Do we still have this? Because it's amazing." And he's like, "Oh no, that's long gone." Oh. So there we go. Anyway, so Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. We are the Owls. I believe this was like eighty four, eighty five, around that kind of neck of the woods. This is kind of around the the Howard Wilkinson promotion team. So that's who kind gets of a name check, isn't it? Yes, I believe he does. Anyway, let's let's play a little bit of this because it is fantastic. I just had to play as much of it as I could because I just I can't stop. That's the problem. This is why I'm probably going to get sued for this. But uh, <laughs> I just love this. It can, so it can much. take on half the debt that we've accrued in making the podcast so far. That's great. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, Sorry, go on. Like, so I, I, I don't quite, I know it's a cover. I don't know the original well enough. I think I know it. It's one of those kind of 80s songs. The fact they've done that and kind of changed the lyrics, I think is, it works really well. Um, I believe, do I want to say, do I think kind of like Martin Ware was involved in this? I know there's a few of these things that yeah. we get onto, which, as we said, Martin Ware is involved with, which is is pretty fantastic. I'm not entirely sure of the personnel. It's great. I love this. This this really, for some reason, kind of hits for me. I think it's probably, it is a tune. It is well done. The lyrics are good. The lyric changes are fantastic. Yes. Owls flying high are a hell of a sight is, is such a great line. It makes me, it makes me a bit weepy. Someone could do <laughs> a slow, wanky version of this and it would make me cry. It would make me ball more than I. I see your first ten minutes of up. I raise you with the lounge <laughs> version that. of "We Are the Owls." <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Heartbreakingly, not on the stream. And I even got to the point of wondering: should I actually buy a seven-inch for about forty quid online? Of this, it was tempting. It's tempting. <laughs> 
<laughs> Rich, what are your it's, views on this? Oh well, like yeah, echo the sentiment very much. It's it's absolutely fantastic. It's um I also like well I, just, I love like the the sort of quite experimental sounding percussion, the fact that you've got a lead xylophone, which how many songs have a lead <laughs> xylophone? <laughs> <laughs> Puts I you in kind of like fun. Well. Like, put on the liner notes and be like, did you play backing xylophone or did you play leads lead xylophone? <laughs> no, I I brought the big glockenspiel. I, I really went for it today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the I love the lyrics. I also love the change where they do the um the call the like call and response. So it's um we're mm. flying high. Hi. And then it's that changes the next time around. Like we wear blue and white stripes, boy, stripes, boy. Ah, chef's kiss, magnifique. It's beautiful. Fantastic. Um, moving on, it was, there is definitely liner notes. That one, by the way. Sorry, it just in terms of um, the 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 personnel get or an idea of the personnel. It was mentioned, I think, in the liner notes that one. But uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, sorry. Go on. No worries. No worries. Moving on is moving on to probably some people involved who are musical, famous Sheffield musical people who have an affinity for Sheffield Wednesday. Moving on to that is another big one, which is Paul Carrick, who uh, did mm. I, We Love You Wednesday. Oh, yeah. I first want to give a, I like, it's difficult with yourselves because like there's so many different kind of gear changes and like setup, like so mm. many of these ones like mutate through so many ideas and phases when they go up the gears in the song. Like, I think we all know, I think most of us have heard that, right? Like the bulk of that, but that, that intro is very Thames television. <laughs> it reminds me the other day I, I was not aware, but I found out about Matt Berry's um tv theme tune cover album have you seen oh i've not heard about that he does like rainbow but he also does like here's the thames television here's the lwt theme tune and it i i just think that's wonderful enough before we get into the meat of it really i could probably listen to more of that intro well it's such a big like that is the start to an epic or a movie or do you know like it's massive there's so much pomp <laughs> it almost like crushes the song under its own weight of importance before it gets going but it's beautiful it's really <laughs> i think that that's one of the fun things with the 80s i think it's like the like all of the limits were off the artificial limits it's 
like you had so much space on the deck you could do you had keyboards that could make replicate all these mu- musical instruments to a to a fairly good degree and things like that so like it is just like there's a lot of like throwing things in the mix and seeing seeing what works and that is really fun and it also has an amazing sax solo towards the end uh which is which really um takes things up a notch in that kind of like middle eighth section it's really it's really great i don't remember that i do you think there's something very interesting about like we're going to see a lot of themes around this these eras and the music that was mm. produced but like you said that music is seen as this kind of gold mine you know for the stamp alkin and waterfronts um churning yes. out these churning out these wednesday hits to get a bit of get a few bob between them but like a lot of these have that kind of kind of marching band kind of feel with yes, yeah. Drum. It's um, what's the Christmas song? The cavalry one. It's a bit, with the star, it's a bit like that one, isn't it? Jonah Louis. Dun, 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 dun. You know, <laughs> the cavalry. It's got a real feel of that of that song. But then it's also this is a kind of classic model of the football song. Is you mm. have a singer, and then the a crowd or the team doing kind of like mm. call and call and response type thing. So it, it also sort of fits in that kind of trope as well, which you, you do see as uh, throughout lots of football songs, that kind of classic, I say classic, it probably only happened for about like five years or something like that. But like the classic cup final song is sort of singer mm-hmm. and then the team doing, doing like a, a, cra- a crowd response. Unless you're lucky enough to have a John Barnes in the team to kind of show off a particular skill. <laughs> John Barnes on the Anfield rap rhymes Barnes with bananas, which he does it really well, but it also makes me a little bit nervous knowing that, you know, during that time he was under, like, he had quite a bit yeah. of racial abuse against him and bananas were thrown against yeah. him when he played for Watford. And also that he wrote the lyrics with somebody from South Africa, a white guy from South Africa. So it kind of yes, we were discovering and talking about Craig Johnston, the guy, uh, you know, the Liverpool player who was behind the Predators. <laughs> yes, remember how Do great they were. The, yeah, the headband, the razor Ruddick headband. Yeah, headband. Yeah, remember that very. Maybe that's very what Izzy Brown's doing. It's getting his headers better. Get some real swerve on those headers. Leaving a nice imprint when he puts the puts the puts the cosh on someone, I guess, and they're sending off. You mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. Oh. Moving on to track four. Um, so this is the Hillsborough Crew with Steel City. So this is a very much a who's we'll get into this is very much a who's who of Sheffield Wednesday popular fandom who's been involved in this. Let's uh, anyway, let's not delay. Thank you. 
and Howard's army Gonna give you the news I said a hit, a hop, a suck it and see The blue and white army is reality and, and it goes on. Um, there's something so beautiful about that era of music and everything that's coming into it. This is exactly what I want in a mid-80s song. The, um, I don't even know. So this is the funny thing that so much of this I kind of look back at and think about what are the elements, and, and, it, and maybe this is problematic in terms of licensing, and maybe this is some of the reason why some of these songs kind of aren't readily available, which is a real damn shame. But... Like, in terms of, like, football chants and football music, that's kind of... That's the match of... Is that the match of a day theme? Du, 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 du. What is yeah. the formal... But, again, I struggle with what is the formal piece of music behind a lot of these things. Yes. So, like that, but then doing that with, like, the Depeche Mode, People are People, or you may know it as the It'll Never Work theme tune, if you remember that kind of kid oh, yeah. show from the 80s, 90s, like the Sims chonging out a football melody, the vocal explosion at the beginning, um, Howard's Boys are going to give you the news, sung by Tricky Dicky, Ian Reddington, you know, like, oh, right. a popular Sheffield Wednesday supporting actor. Uh, Martin Ware is involved as well. The crunching guitar synth for the chorus is fantastic. It's, as I said here, industrial lad magic full of delicious steel layers. <laughs> and I also want it's to give a, a shout out to my cat Leonard, who looked wholly unimpressed by this blaring up <laughs> my laptop last night when I was looking for the, for the first time. There's also, again, that experimentation. There's there's a point where they, um, they sort of have this... They have like studs clacking on the floor as like part of the percussion. Um, oh, beautiful, because this is yeah, this is very much like I'm a Depeche Mode fan. This is very much what Depeche Mode were doing. They were like, I think for the album Black Celebration, they did a bit where they recorded the sound of a firework going across, right, and nice. it's just full of like a the experimentation, but b also it's the '80s and we've got a fuck ton of money and we can go and spend and experiment to do these things because we can. Yeah. Because we yeah. can. And I think that's uh, very magical in that. Anyway, thank you. Yeah. yeah. No, and I absolutely, I just love that era of rap where mm. you kind of had to introduce yourself, but also explain what rap is. You know? We're hopping and we're hopping. It's not quite singing. You know, like. <laughs> well, that's, that's well, a it is a song. It's still a valid musical thing that we're doing so here i am and i'm here to say <laughs> it's well, got that, that that's a classic <laughs> intro of well i'm luke Gledall and i'm here to say i'm gonna rap to the beat in a rapping way yeah and you have to use hip and hop in there somewhere just to kind of like <laughs> it's like the checklist yeah the yeah. checklist of proto rap yeah <laughs> But that was sort of a big no, thing in that a, kind of mid mid to late 80s and even pushing into the 90s was the football song as the pop rap kind of song, right? Yes. Yeah. With some scratching. There needs to be some more scratching on some of these ones, though. That's the one thing that I found uh, disappointing is like, you know, as I said, I'm a man who enjoys... I actually texted our friend Povey and said, what, what is it called when like like the vocal lines just keep like that ready for the weekend thing I mentioned? Because I would like to listen to a whole genre of music mm. which just does that, just needlessly over and over again. That would just just that. That would be fantastic for me. But again, not being able to enunciate what it is to search for it on Google makes it quite difficult for a man like me. So 
yeah, I think we could have had a bit more of that, but it this is fantastic. Like I'm this is really, really yeah. enjoyable. Well it's so it's so big and ambitious, isn't it? That's the as you say, it's because there's money. Because you know you're gonna make money, then you can spend money. And that that means that you get a lot thrown at this, which nowadays it would probably be like drum machine. You probably do it on an iPad for fa- like 50p. And it would sound <laughs> in a way like it'd been done on an iPad for 50p. And then Chancery would sell it for £50 in the club shop. Um, <laughs> I believe in like hip hop and rap, it's known as like a $5 beat, which is like the, right, yeah, the damning yeah. indictment of like a really bad piece of production. Yeah, but this is, I mean, that, that is just, it, yeah, it's the, the scale is so big for something that is in a way kind of throwaway, but it's, it's definitely not because they, because they've taken the time and the effort. It's really fantastic. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Yeah. So we're moving on. So this is one which, I mean, everything is very much kind of like speaking, going back to maybe that when the Wednesday footballing chutzpah to be excited about things <laughs> doesn't age very well. And that can be unfortunately the thing. So, like, I think there is something still both, A, it doesn't age well, but B, also it's kind of also gloriously of its era. Um, yeah. Next track on this is, if it's Wednesday, it must be Wembley. I'm blanking <laughs> on, I think it's the Hillsborough crew. So, again, Martin Ware is involved. Ian Reddington as well is involved okay. in kind of vocal duties here. Now, my memory of this is much better than it actually is. I remember the rap actually being a touch more melodic in here, but I'm, I'm going to put a pin in my notes there. Let's play okay. this and get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to present, live and direct from Sheffield, the greatest team the world has ever seen, Sheffield Wednesday! Shirtless King, I wore his waddle made to swing. Sheridan Pearson, Hawks and Hyde, I Wilson Watts and feel my pride. Worthington Farmer, Anderson Hurst, drink the nectar, quench my thirst. Jemson Bride, catch the feeling, you're out of sight. If it's Wednesday, it must be Wednesday. What's in effect? Come on, come on. down south, I whack the tail, you're the horse's mouth. The papers believe the hype, the truth unfolding with the stars and stripes. Greener on the northern side, the way is clearer with the changing tide. Hostile outs, the hearts that gave, fortune favors the new way. Sorry, I had to. I'm really overstaying my welcome with this kind of idea of just giving a little bit because I just I had to get to that chorus. Um, and again, it's that field of football pop rap that we talk about. I just love the Renta Luther Vandross chorus vocal. <laughs> whoever, whoever that gentleman is, I just want to shake his hand, buy him a beverage. Of I his think choice. he went by Luther Vandross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the brash rush of Sims around the chorus. I enjoy that. If it's Wembley, it must be Wednesday. Spoken refrain. 
Um, we've had this, I think we've probably had this in some of the early tracks, but let's just focus here. Lyrics about football players of the time is magical. Really is the salt bay in any football song. <laughs> Ian Reddington's involved. Uh, there's a really good yeah, which I can't even remember how they pronounce, but I really enjoyed. It also makes me really appreciate the fact that there's so, just so much of football chanting and culture that's just kept in. Like, I wonder if there's a judge who's judging the case of Billy Ray Cyrus versus football fans and going, I can't ascertain if there's any melody there, so I have to throw out the case. <laughs> it's just this beautiful kind of bastardization of melody in football chanting that I kind of, I really enjoyed. Like, I, just as a bit of a backtrack to talk about Barry Bannon, I had to ask Rich about the Barry Bannon song. I'm like, what? What what is that to the tune of? Because I I can't work it out from listening to it. <laughs> well, it's it isn't the classic version. The classic version of that is the um, the Christmas. Most a lot of teams have a variation on, but ours is walking along, singing a song, walking in a waddle wonderland. Mm. That's not in that song. That is a refrain that fans have added to that song. There is no point in Winter Wonderland where they go walking okay, along, along singing, the song singing in walking in a winter wonderland. It doesn't happen. But but it's a nice like Ooh, I love the winter. Ooh, <laughs> it's got the snow. There's also Christmas. It's right fun. Yeah, I just, for my notes on that one, I'm saying, I, I've got, it's Europop. It's right said Fred. There's a brash Beastie Boys sample. <laughs> Do they sample the Beastie Boys? I don't think it is a Beastie Boys sample, but there's like a, there's a New York thing, like saying a rap. Yeah. I like the Bartman bit where the, the, everybody comes in and there's some like echo on it yeah. um and obviously our breaking who who's um hoot uh <laughs> or something very similar at the start um yeah lo- i love it so much it's <laughs> it's just fantastic that this is this is full on yeah it's it's put everything in and put the kitchen sink in it's uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> and turn the taps on you know it's just why not why not put it in the mix what the best <laughs> um track six on this compilation it's a praise for sheffield wednesday by big ron's barmy army so already from the off we've got a number of we've got a number of references to kick us off on yes this so talking about um you know praise and grumble pog as we often know, R.S. Pog. <laughs> so anyway, this uh, Paul Carrick is involved in this one, so let's let's get involved in this one.
again, went way over that. They, they, I felt that playing that through here and just kind of thinking about kind of like time and where we're at with this podcast. Um, I was just thinking like, I remember listening to it and thinking it felt like the intro, like was pretty succinct, but that goes on for a long time. It's, uh, I, yeah. I think in terms of finding clips, that's almost every one of them starts with something that is not the song. So if it's like some isolated chanting or <laughs> the, the one earlier that starts with the massive like crescendo of horns and stuff like that, it's almost, a, I think like it's quite hard to kind of go, oh, we'll just play the first 30 seconds because the song doesn't start often until um... <laughs> Until seconds, <laughs> seconds 48, 49 or something. Yeah. Yeah. I did wonder who Fraser Fraser Crumble was. Um... <laughs> <laughs> he's uh he's coming up from the Academy, oh, Rich. Yeah. He's really good. Him and him and Bailey Bailey Delamitri. Academy. <laughs> I'm not sure how to pronounce that one. Uh Paul Carrick, um, did you find there was a very cheeky reference to the heat is on? Oh He's yeah, well, yeah. Song, which was you know this is a very rhymed with division one, division one, and also was the line I'm gonna need some lotion because we're because we're going for promotion. Yeah. So is he making an allusion to <laughs> needing... lotion? It's devotion to me. <laughs> Did I just mishear that? Because I'm a dirty boy. <laughs> it, it's inspired by. Um... Silence of the Lambs, he says, put the lotion in the basket, you're going home in a casket. That's that, <laughs> that, that's perfect. We're going to go back to Wales. Also, there was a line in this, go on, Kingy, do your thingy. And then he goes, go on, steaming up down that wing. <laughs> and I'm like, you really meshed that last line, though. You bottled it, Karen. Yeah, you've got to go for wingy, haven't you? You've got to go for wingy. Yeah. Go down the wingy in your dinghy. <laughs> in your dinghy. <laughs> Phil uh, Kingy, who's, yeah. who's from Swindinny. <laughs> you know, I like the playing the off the praise of... Yankee to score at Wembley as well, which is... Uh, What's that really? One of the lyrics is about the first Yankee to score at Wembley as well. Which yes. Is, uh, There's going to be an assembly when, you sco- when the first Yankee scores at Wembley. <laughs> he did score, didn't he? He, he did. He scored in the League Cup final. Yeah. So... He's still, John Hawks is still waiting on that assembly. <laughs> yeah. The promise. You know, much assembly. like we've never given a, you know, a, a testimonial for Kevin Pressman. We're still waiting on. Mm. That's on the list alongside an assembly for John Hawks. <laughs> I enjoyed the playing off of Praise and Grumble. Um, yeah. I think that was a bit before my time with Bob Jackson, who was the host of Praise and Grumble, who was apparently very notoriously at Wednesday night. Oh, so okay. Kind of led towards, you know, we're we're very PC these days, Rich. So we don't we don't have like Paul Walker just berating on about how much he loves his loves his blades, <laughs> and Seth Seth Bennett can't join in how much he loves the blades, and then Andy Giddings says, "I actually really like the blades, even though I support Halifax Town." Um, so we don't we don't do that these days. We don't have people's allegiances quite directly and blatantly on show, apparently. Yeah, it felt for a little while like it was going the other direction again. Like people were going to talk about the clubs that they liked. I remember, um, I remember Des Lynam being outed as a as a fan of. I can't even remember the. T- Isn't that weird that I remember him being outed and being really annoyed? 
<coughs> I can't remember what the team was. Didn't have the same I think Harley- stick to it like Jeff Stelling and Hartlepool, for example. Well, I suppose, yeah, Jeff Stelling's an example, isn't it? Where he just, yeah, mm. absolutely artisan when it comes to to that team. I don't I, It can go either way. It's, fi- it's fine, I think, as long as you're just, you're not stupid with it. But then it becomes local journalist, whether that's on the radio or in print, your job is, you're doing a good job if everybody thinks you're biased against them. Like, like if the if yeah. pigs think you're a Wednesday fan and Wednesday fans think you're a pig, then tick. You've, got, your, you've got Billy Balance in order. You've done it. Sign of a job well done, you're saying. <laughs> yeah, everybody hates me. Everybody chuffing hates me. me with suspicion. I'll go home and enjoy my molten cake from Morrison's. <laughs> Don't know why. Where are we headed next? I just love that. We are heading next to Sheffield Wednesday Football Club doing We Love Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I'm doing and becoming very, uh, becoming very. Uh, and what were they doing? They were dreaming of Memphis. So I feel <laughs> like that. What was Sheffield Wednesday saying? They were saying we love Sheffield Wednesday. the beginning of this i i've got to say <laughs> i really dislike the beginning but i do love it when it gets going like i yeah i would edit and just take that bit out i think it, it needs something new to kind of be the intro for this one i think it's very moving to me this is the b-side so we are the l's so again with that same same team same personnel so pretty much one of the greatest seven inches committed to uh to vinyl yeah. <laughs> In my opinion. I find it very moving. I like up from my notes. Can you fuckers hear us down in London town? <laughs> the list of grounds humbles us now though. I mean it's yeah. It, we're a long way away from being one of the behemoths of Division One top tier football that we were at that yeah. point. You know, we could bring it back and say, Could you hear us down in Northampton town? <laughs> we could. Afterwards we're gonna go to the road menders which is a popular kind of small music venue in Northampton and lift the roof off there. Oh, dear. Can you hear us at St. James's Park? No, not that one, the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
bring in the goal today, Rich. <laughs> oh, yeah, just a gorgeous country-tinged number. I think in terms of the start, I reckon, I reckon now you'd probably lead off with that organ and then like build from there. I don't know that that the I love the organ, the sort of soaring organ gives it gives it that hymn sort of feel. And also that's really um it's really like doubled down on by the way that they say where'er instead of wherever, which is very like hymns sort of just take bits out of words to make them fit the rhyme pattern because mm. hymn writers were like writing a new song every week for the congregation. So it was just like What's the tune? Right, we'll just make it fit. <laughs> like, just chop some letters out, and that, like, yeah, where where they play is very like is very like from from him. And uh, again, um, an amazing middle eight. I think like the eighties was sixties were good for middle eights, but like the eighties was where the the middle eight just came into its own. And um, oh, it's absolutely sweet as a nut on this one where. The flute is joined by some sax, and it is, oh, it's almost like a punch the air moment. It's um, it's a middle eight worth celebrating. I feel like you're going to do a chef's kiss and break your fingers in the process of doing it so hard. Right? <laughs> it's a number eight on a par with Chrissy Waddle. That's that's how good a, oh. a middle eight it is. Oh, beautiful, 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 beautiful. Excellent. So moving on, I I don't know if we need to do. Do you think we need to play "Singing the Blues" by Terry Curran? Um, we'll play a little yeah. bit just to be consistent, I guess. But everybody knows this one, surely, right? Anyway, yeah, but it's nice to hear it. Okay. Quite enough of that one. No, I'm just kidding. We're just I think we we all know that. We all it's very much something that's you know, interesting. Do you find it interesting for people of our generation? Like, you know, I mentioned this to my dad. It's like Terry Curran is still the man who rather savagely blotted his copybook in, you know, traipsing across traipsing yes. across the Sheffield Divide. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? There's um I suppose it, it's happened so often that that way. It's very rarely happened the other way. But um yeah, it's still still such a an almost mythical figure in the past of of Wednesday though. Mm. Um it, that to me is just a complete like Pavlovian it's a win. Like it happens as soon as the <laughs> as soon as the final whistle blows really in a win and it's uh it's relief. It's um I think I salivate probably just like the bells. It's almost hard to sort of scratch beyond that. Like, uh, um, the, I mean, the, the strong harmonica throughout, um, mm. hon- honking on Bobo as uh, as Aerosmith's um, <laughs> Aerosmith's harmonica based album was called, and that became a byword in our house for uh, being a bit whiffy. Um, still in use today, uh, but yeah, I, it's nice to hear that. Hear that. Um, oh, that beautiful uh, sound. 
it means a win. It means good things. It means a good. It generally means a good weekend or a nicer drive home. Um, <laughs> I saw um, just on the on the honking honking on Bobo on, on the, uh, the harmonica. <laughs> the harmonica. No, I saw Connor Ober on a solo tour, and he had someone with him p- putting his. Watch I guess they his harmonicas in the fishbowl. Yeah. I love this really... because this is thanks to, I don't know if you listen to on Spotify, they have X on Y. So they have an artist on to talk about another artist. So maybe you should be surprised slash not surprised to know there was an episode where Phoebe Bridges was basically talking oh. about all her favorite Conor Obers, Bright Eyes, Desapanese, oh. so records. That so, that will be very precisely my sort of thing. I, I will I will seek that out. Oh, good. Um, Do so. I must have seen her on that tour, I think. Um, I do remember him being supported by an attractive blonde person, but I didn't catch her set. I just saw her sort of bits when she came on and sang songs with him occasionally. But yeah, it was just, it was almost like mesmerizing to see these harmonicas put into the fishbowl and fished out. And it was a, just a constant kind of bit of performative art almost at the side of the stage. <laughs> Who do you think is cleaning uh, Terry Curran's harmonica? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't like to guess, really. And which half of Sheffield would would that person be from? Wow, yeah. Sorry, which the two thirds of Wednesday or the third of United? Obviously, of course, yeah, of obviously. course, obviously. Yeah, it's it's still nice to have that on there. I think that still it's um, it it should be. It should be on any great Sheffield Wednesday compilation. Yeah, let's let's be honest. So, any other thoughts on that one, Rich? No, that's me. Um, okay, so yeah, what what more is there to say? I think it's probably a good way to conclude okay. on that one. Moving on from there, so this is quite possibly for me one of the strangest things on here because I don't have any great context for it. You know, <laughs> I think I know what's coming. But I, I, I'm, okay, I'm... so this is um, this is a lady by the name of Lynn Carter. I could not find any further information for her on Google outside of this track, "Alive and Well." So I'm not sure what career she's made for herself or what else she did afterwards. <laughs> but um, she was involved at some point with uh, crafting, crafting and singing the song. For this compilation. So Lynn Carter, alive and well.
I'm going to stop that there because I thought the chorus was coming, but it, it's one of those where, like, the verse just... Oh, I think that might be the chorus. No, I think that might uh, be the Football is alive and well. Is oh, well. yeah. Alive and well are living in Georgia. Is that the original? No, I don't know. It's so it's so weird. That song is so so weird. The devil went down to Hillsborough because I don't know what she that they're talking that she is talking about. I don't know whether Sheffield it's Sheffield Wednesday, isn't it? My first is in <laughs> my first is in violence, but not in fear. Does oh, it's like what isolated just... and despised as well. It's <laughs> again we're in quite biblical territory here. We've had a hymn. A song of praise. Now <laughs> songs of praise, songs of praise and grumble. <laughs> well, this is the grumble. I think. To, I think if if it only takes twenty years for your gold to turn into dust, that's probably not gold. <laughs> <laughs> is a is a bar of gold still a bar of gold if I crumple it in my hand? No, I mean. It's it's not something we've ever, it's not something we've particularly ever mentioned on this podcast. But obviously, this song this song would make more sense if it came after the Hillsborough disaster. I know this is pretty dark, but it's not. It's before. It's three years before. Is that the date? <laughs> is that the date? Because I don't understand the dates in this. There's a there's a reference to sixty six, isn't there? Which was, makes it 86 would be 20 years later. Right. Okay. And I saw somewhere, I saw a kind of release, a kind of, um, you know, like a copyright sort of mention saying it was it was 1986. So, like, it's, but that's before, <laughs> before the Hillsborough disaster. It's so weird. Like, kind of, it's almost like a, a weird, like, prayer for non-violence. Hmm. And as you say, it, there's nothing else about it. I feel like there should be essays. I feel like The Athletic should have a, a section of the Wednesday page just dedicated to this song and explain, <laughs> like, I like, an investigative thing. One, one thing I like about doing this is, like, I've just got zero context about what's yeah. going on with this. Because the, the, it's, like, it's, it's like, because so little of it seems to be specifically about Sheffield Wednesday, from what I can tell from my reading of this, like the bits I enjoy are the bits with the the token kind of references that feel kind of sprinkled in. Yeah. Like I love, and there's a certain, I'm not sure where this lady Lynn Carter is from, but it feels like she's local. Yeah. So it's like Hillsborough. I like that. That's really good. <laughs> you know, any shameless shoehorning in of that's really fun. There is a beauty of listening to this thing in a real bubble. Like I, I just have no idea. Yeah, it would. It would be uh, some. Some. Uh, some little clues would be interesting for this one. It's. It's very. Oh, I wonder if. Yeah, sort of. As you say, some of it is quite. Is maybe quite vague. You know how um, there's a there's an episode of This American Life where somebody talks about how they had um, they had like a a, a, a song for their town. And yes. it was on like, was on like, like oh, it's really it was amazing. About, Everybody loved the song. It turned us. Oh, so gone. You, you've it's about Calgary. Like, as they interviewed Calgary. Oh, Calgary. Course, yeah. Hello, Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then it turns out there's like 
a hundred and they sold it to like so many different towns and cities uh, across North America. And maybe it's that. Maybe she just sold that song on every every one of these. Like, yeah, people feel slightly wistful about their team, so we can just we can just drop that in. People will people will add their own context. <laughs> It'll do. It's a change up. So that is all that we can say on Lynn Carter's uh, opus, Alive and Well. Uh, let's move on. This is Wednesday Blues with Derby Days. Stop there because it's going to take a while to get into it. So we get to the chant of Andy Pierce, Andy Pierce, Andy, Andy Pierce. That kind of the next bit. This is very much the mentality of one of his songs, which is just like an amalgamation. It's a jive bunny mega mix of Sheffield Wednesday stuff, isn't it? Really, I also put down jive bunny mega mix, and then also though with that weird quote at the start, a why brummy mega mix. Yes, exactly. Why is it? 23rd of January, 1994. No, no, we're here to talk about your few words. I am putting on a track. <laughs> I don't mean to sound funny, but we fucking mullered him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the second best mega mix after the one that's on Five's Greatest Hits. <laughs> There's a really good Britney Spears one on the one for Britney Spears. Oh, well, I don't know where that would that would fit in the in the running order, but it would have to go some to beat fives. So it's very like, fun, isn't it? It's fun. I said this is a real glorious mess. I love, <laughs> I love the pissy little piano plonking. Like it just felt everything is is like grandiose and a bit, yeah. You know, going for a touch of that feel and a bit of oomph, a little bit of mini machismo behind that, yeah. and then it's just the piano just feels like. Can I? It feels like someone's been like, "Well, I can do this with conviction, or I could get my four-year-old daughter to do this." <laughs> it feels, feels like that. Yeah. I also love. So this was the era of Trevor Francis. So this was kind of near yeah. the end of Trevor Francis as Rain at Wednesday or the, the end days, and the, the bit of Francis going, and we went into a three-nil lead. And then the sound of some grown, <laughs> and then followed that by the sound of some grown men coming is pretty great. <laughs> oh, there's, there's, some, there's some weird bits, like I don't know. We, we, you know, we do have a, you know, we know Rich that we have a very varied and wide, expansive fan base that goes beyond uh, the confines of Sheffield, which is magical. Um, mm. But interesting, like you said, to focus on the Brummy dude. And then after 
After the walking in the Waddle Wonderland, someone goes sorted. <laughs> popular, popular South Yorkshire expression. Sorted. Yeah, sorted. Someone Top one sorted. Mad for it. Someone gives out a joyous Tasmanian devil scream. Is joyful yet confusing. <laughs> um, other bits I enjoyed. The it should have been ten one is gloriously melodic. Yes. Um, but again, it's it's that. You're just sewing all these pieces together to make mm. the song, which Patchwork is quilt. It is, it is, it is. Needlepoint Wednesday with the patchwork quilt. Yeah. What? What? Uh, do you have anything else for your notes, Rich? No, just I mean, I just yeah, I did, I just enjoyed that that sort of jive bunny mega mix feel to it. It's um, it's always been something I've I've rather enjoyed in life, and uh, nice to see it applied to to Wednesday and various chants and. It's odds and sods, really, isn't it? It's just kind of like, mm. yeah, that'll do. Bit of that, bit of this. <laughs> Is it weird that that guy's brought me? Don't doesn't matter. Put it in. It's, it's all going in. in. It's all good. All good. <laughs> all good. Nothing bad. This is snout to tail music making we're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> every, every part of the buffalo goes into the show. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on. So this is by the Wednesdayites. We're not sure exactly which Wednesdayites, but it was some people who put themselves together as the Wednesdayites. They copyright that name, obviously, uh, with the owls are on their way. are on their way. I enjoyed the reference, the the geographical reference. Geographical references and songs are always fantastic. Yes. Something that's just lovely, just giving a, a degree of space and time and location. Um, it's um, reference to, you know, Plymouth to Geordie Land is beautiful. It's not quite, <laughs> while I'm talking about this, thinking about places, it's not quite mountain goats going to Georgia, but maybe maybe it's a Wednesday night 80s equivalent. Um it feels a bit too marching band for me. It feels a bit too marching band meets Willy Fog. There's also it reminds me of the Lumberjack song by Monty Python as well a little bit. <laughs> it does, yeah. The wild sprouting owl leaping from tree to tree <laughs> with his blue and white stripes on, and we'll sing, sing, sing. <laughs> but there is a there is a comfort to that. Like I would appreciate a breakdown with Dog Tanyan barking. <laughs> there should be an eighties. That would have been more in tempo with most of the other songs. I would have loved an eighties kids animated TV show about Ozzy Owl. That would be pretty great. Ah, oh, that would be great. 
just inexplicably doing a a, a slightly inappropriate humping gesture in, in lots of different scenarios. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can get an action figure that does it as well. You know, kids action figure that does it. Yeah, it's one of those. I bet it took about ten minutes to write because, like, it's quite a forgiving. I don't know, like iambic pentameter or whatever, but like whatever the kind of like whatever time signature it's in, it's very like, (laughs) you can almost make up every line because you just go along. (laughs) And as long as you finish with a rhyme, you can get away. You know, like... I'm just laughing because I'm like an English graduate and I remember going to like when I was doing English at A-level before I went to do a university. Yeah. Um, like I remembered like learning of iambic pentameter that it's the 10 syllables, but it's five stressed and five unstressed. So it's supposed to be like, mm. the interesting thing is people don't use it because it sounds stupid, but mm. I'm loving it. would be like, the owls are on the way. <laughs> From, from Plymouth to Geordie land, kind of. That's basically it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Maybe there's also a you know a, a space for a Wednesday spoken word album as well. Oh, beautiful! <laughs> I have so many ideas from this. Like, I'd love to just hear like some more, some more like Wednesday songs. Oh yeah, or like um, a mission, you know, like the the now disgraced and um, thoroughly cancelled Justin Lee Collins. He had a series of TV shows where he'd like put the A team back together or something like that. Mm. Um, something where you kind of like put this album back together, uh, you know, replace the missing tracks and things like that, and, and find out about the making of it would be um, that would be rather fun, I think, as well as its own kind of documentary. There you go. Let's uh, let's get the let's fire up fire up the Kickstarter, Rich. <laughs> Embarrass ourselves when we raise like 20, 20 quid or something. Just just us sat with musicians that don't want to be there, going. And what do you remember about that album? Um, there's a lot of drugs. Uh, I can't. <laughs> I made this. This is me. Okay. Is that? I mean, it sounds like me. Um, <laughs> I was there, wasn't I? <laughs> yes, yes, you were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even like football, but uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bills need paying. Bills need paying. So next up, we've got. So this is March. March for Wembley. Who is this by? Because I think my notes kind of cut out here. Do you do you have who this is by? Do you know. have the? Sure, okay. Well, let's play it, and I can bring that up, and then complete that little bit. What was Sheffield Wednesday doing? They were marching for Wembley. Francis for Wednesday. He's beaten off his marker. Francis, good skills from him. Out to Worthington on the left. Back inside to Warhurst. Warhurst brings it down, plays it out to the right. Chance for Waddle now on the edge of the box. Waddle still with it. Left footed. Waddle has scored for Wednesday. Eight minutes gone. And Chris Waddle shows his international class. Wednesday still have it with Worthington. And Worthington has scored for Sheffield Wednesday. 20 minutes into the second half. The opportunity for a moment. 
Here's Warhurst for Wednesday. Can he add a second? A lovely ball there to Bart Williams on the edge of the ball. Bart Williams, he should score! He has scored! Because Bart Williams! I just had to keep that going for it. The problem is I could just keep going for every single goal that comes in. There's something, so I don't know if it's still like the same thing that we still have, but there is something still kind of very magical about, um, you know, that world of... You know that that world of radio commentary, and I don't yes. know if it still has the same appeal anymore, which is a shame. But it it's something that like still has an effect on me. Like I remembered like a time of things not being so readily available, but it felt like there was a real magic if somebody on like a Wednesday message board would upload a WAV file of Leon Clark scoring as Leicester, for example. Yeah. Like it it just has a real kind of weight to it. And it, I feel like very much nearly a time of my life when just being so kind of into football and being so taken with it that hearing those clips of commentators losing their shit over players scoring, I mean, I think that's probably something that's given. In comparison with last week's episode where I, you know, dragged the ball porker over the coals, you know, I, I still mm. think about his commentary of Marcus Tugge's goal against Sheffield United because he, he did give it the... Yeah the weight it deserved. I yeah. also remembered one time, I think it was probably, I think it was probably about the, in the late noughties, I think it was to do with, it was a Wednesday goal of the season, like for a mitre goal of the season. And it was, I think it was when Leon Clark and Marcus Tugge went and absolutely ripped Burnley apart 4-1 at that point. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the hilarity of this, and I wish I still had it saved somewhere or could, could find it, but they used the Burnley, the Burnley commentary for a really great goal scored by oh. Leon Clark. And it was just so the most dour, Lancashire <laughs> man who'd had his piss w- chips well and truly just drowned in piss. His piss chips had been drowned in piss. Exactly. It was just like, do you want anything more on that? I was like, how about, how about a gallon more of piss? That's what he basically said. And it was just so beautiful how understated and depressed this guy was exactly what was happening. And it was such a really great goal. But, you know, yeah, I love that. Oh, it's love? classic, you know, Grand March by Verdi from, from Ada, Ida, forgive me. You know, need we say more? Classic. It's a real classic. I remember once listening to the radio and it being like, we're playing this. And, and then it was just like the DJ coming on and being like, Oh, and uh, Wednesday have just scored again, by the way. And it happened twice in the space of that song while they were playing it on wow. the radio. So very stirring, very yeah. memorable. I don't know about the commentary being worse, but then I suppose that maybe that is a a downside of part, like the partisan, like, like John and Rob on the Wednesday commentary for Wednesday fans are going to go mad everything that Wednesday do. And it's going to be a foul every time the opposition scores. And mm. like, so this, there's something a bit more special. Maybe that's a bad sentence, but there's something, yeah, there's something that's winning over or getting arousing a, a, a big powerful reaction or emotion from a neutral or somebody that's trying to be neutral is a, it, it, it means more than somebody who is like screaming every time we score a tap in screaming when we score a good goal. Do you know, like I'm not, it's not a criticism really of, 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 of John. I love, I love the uh, John Pearson's, um, 
I love his enthusiasm, but it, it, it's like if everything's your pants are on fire, where have you got to go? Like if you're a ten, <laughs> if you're t- if you're a ten for for something being bundled over the line, there's nowhere beyond a ten to go when it's a thirty yard screamer or a really mm. important goal. Um, but I suppose the other thing is we just haven't had moments to celebrate lately in the same way, <laughs> um, which is pretty depressing. Um, I also just it's got to be noted. I, I am a child. I appreciate this, but uh, the commentator saying that um, Francis had beaten off his marker did make me chuckle, and it has made me chuckle every time I've heard the song. Um, it's also again one of these where the 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 music finishes about thirty seconds before the end, and it is just commentary at the end. It's like, well, we've got quite a bit of commentary. Stick it on, bang it in there. Bit of commentary, that's fine. Okay, so coming into the final stretch here, so this is uh, the Ottawan Classic DISO changed into DI Canio. So forth. Um, fascinatingly and depressingly, the only song recorded by Doc's Chocks and the Ice Cream Men. <laughs> I'm curious how they came up with that name. So, <laughs> a series of chocolates that are put out by a doctor. <laughs> but then when I think of Chock and then I see Ice Cream Men, I think of the Chock Ice. Yeah, yeah. Um, tantalizingly, it mentions that it features Paolo De Canio. Um, but then the Paolo Di Canio part is really something that gave me some really blue balls, I'm going to say. <laughs> I felt it sort was... of underwhelming spoken word section. It was, yeah, because he doesn't sing on it. He doesn't do backing vocals. He doesn't have a vocal line. Um, but I thought it was going to break down, and I thought it was going to do, like, it, it made me feel he was going to take off into a seagull's follow the trawler type moment. <laughs> But he doesn't go there. And I said, I think no. the track needs a dance breakdown and the cameo to do this impassioned Eric Cantona poetry slash human traffic milky bars are on me blend <laughs> in that moment. I think that's what I think that's really what it needs. Um, that guitar effect is fun, isn't it? It is. It is. Mm. The wah-wah. <laughs> Did you feel shortchanged a little bit that they just go for the D and I? <laughs> what's the what's the rest of it? Because I'm not familiar. I... Well, I I thought there was stuff for the whole of disco in the original, but apparently they only go as far as the S in the actual lyrics. Um, right, but the fans, the, the fans, is she is I something something. She is S super sexy. Da, da, da. <laughs> but in this one, they just go for he is D. Dangerous, he is I. Italiano Di Canio. 
And I thought they could have filled it out. You know, he is D, dangerous. He is I, Italiano. He is S, slightly fascist. He is C, came from Celtic. He is O, often suspended. (laughs) He is O, ostracized by the club. (laughs) He is O, off to West Ham. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, it's like, I mean, it's a it's a fun tune, isn't it? It's a it's, it is. It's undeniable. It is. Well, I mean, like because that's that is funded and founded by a by the chant of them. So that's why I wanted to ask about the the like. Did did Wednesday fans do that? Did they did they go? I can It was just D. I can. It's just that repeatedly, isn't it? There's yeah. no There's no ever separate piece of this um and this is on here and it's been done so it, is, it does count as a football song it's one of the things that pissed me off um about that dave rundown because they were going like <laughs> oh dj yossi's hey baby that's a football song isn't it i'm like everything everything is a football song <laughs> like if that's the case like there was no there was no blurs blurs tender or the omar bogle chant as everyone knows it. oh that's a good one that's a good one but yeah was Hey Jude on there? No. Well, weird. Weird. Um, anyway. But wasn't, didn't, wasn't that like the official theme of some, like a Euros or something? No, because I think that was... I'm sure that that... Anyway. What was it called? DJ Otzi? Yeah. Hey Baby by DJ Otzi. Oh that's goodness. not a guy. That's not the, a guy. That's not the flat Eric guy, is it? No. No, that's someone else. Okay. Anyway, we could keep reminiscing about trying to find out some stuff. But what we, we could, could talk do, about Hey Baby forevermore. Couldn't we? We could do a whole podcast of 88 episodes oh. on Hey Baby. Re-released as the unofficial theme song of the 2002 oh, rubbish. World Cup. Rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. Well, anything could be the unofficial. (laughs) (laughs) Jacob's Green Crackers. Unofficial. Uh, Jacob's Green Crackers. The unofficial cracker of the Queen's birthday. (laughs) Right, fair enough. If you want to say. Anyway. What, anyway. what, what would Terry Curran do about this? Why, you would do a Wednesday chant. <laughs> The shortest, the shortest clip of the episode is that because <laughs> you've heard the song now, folks. That is it. It's tedious and it's lazy. I guess it's kind of there. Like you could kind of do it. Like if you, I don't know, if you meditated the entire length of this album, then that would be like the alarm to kind of like wake you up and remind you to stop doing it. I guess so. Like it, it more feels like a, an alarm that's reminding me it's time to get up. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. <laughs> 
it'd be fun if it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Like that would be that'd be where where I would go with this if I was producing the album. <laughs> just like more instruments, more noise. The the crowd noise gets up to like a, they're screaming by the end. Like just yeah. huge. Huge, and I'd be doing like big arm gestures in the studio with the the hundred strong orchestra that's all like hitting their instruments at the same time. <laughs> you would just have like instead of frosties, you would just have like a, a like you'd open up the box and it'd just be a whole plastic bag full of cocaine that you'd pour into the bowl. <laughs> Help yourself, boys! We're going big. We're going big. <laughs> No milk for me. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Cocaine um... cocaine toast crunch. (laughs) Have you um, heard the song Taco Night by uh, Don't Stop or We'll Die? No, no, I haven't. Oh. It's really short, but like live, it goes very big. But it does that thing of like, it's like, it's just like piano and a man. <laughs> then it's like piano, drums and a man. Then it's like a whole big band. But just like, yeah, I just love that idea of just escalating bigger, bigger, bigger. It's the only way to make that listenable, mm. really. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. There we go. That concludes the We Are the Owls compilation. Um, just to say thank you again to thank you to the excellent people of our friends at the Wednesday podcast. Please support them and follow them and give them money and attention and time. If you haven't already, you probably do. Um, thank you for letting us go through this and review this. I'm going to try and find a copy of this on CD because I really need, I really, really need We Are the Owls in my life mm. more often than not. Uh, to comfort me through these times and to give me something to cry yeah. to. That that isn't uh, that isn't the last episode of Quantum Leap. Some episodes of Futurama, the first ten minutes of Up, things along those lines. We can just add it to the list of things I use if I want a good old weep. So, um, Rich, one of the things I said, I think I may have said this to you, and I apologize if maybe this got lost. But um, <clears throat> what would you put as your top three? And if you need a bit of time to think. I can run down my own three, two, one. My own. Go, go. You go first. Okay, I've ravaged through this dusty bin for my three, two, one, four, three, two, one. And number three, I'm going to go for the Hillsborough Crew with Steel City. Just loved it. Loved it. Thought it was magic. Um, great era. Great people involved. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. And I think it's something I have to go back and keep listening to again and again and again, just to keep peeling back those layers. Number two, I'm going for We Love Sheffield Wednesday, uh, the B-side to We Are the Owls. Perfect. I will always hear them on the on my radio, the radio in my heart and my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and number one for me, you probably are not surprised that We Are the Owls. Just number one for Bullet. Just, just, yeah. just uh, it's fantastic. It has big nostalgic weight to me. And yeah, what can I say? Just magic. Rich, I think it's yeah, it's just a, a great song. I well, we sh- I mean, surprise, surprise, we share a number one. Um, I think in three, uh, I'm going to go for oh yes, I loved the I loved having a jig around. Mm. A bit of a um, obviously, the band, 
you know have have sullied their name in recent years. But I think you've got to separate the artist and the art. And in this case, the art has me uh, has me wanting to get, as I say, get that bucket hat on, get my whistle. Well, do yeah, some best dance. Well, I know you're a big fan of Michael Jackson, Rich, so I thought you'd come out with something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to take this single glove off. <laughs> That's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, Hillsborough, Hillsborough crew, Steel City, move on up in the middle there in two. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. And a lot, yeah, the studs, yes. clacking of studs. To, uh, to make up your percussion. I mean, come on. Right. Ahead of that song. Come on. Give, really. give the other songs a chance, you know? <laughs> uh, it was great. This has been so much fun. Thanks so much for taking the time to prepare it, Luke. Uh, thank you. Thank you for taking part and thank you for listening and, and uh, engaging me on this madness during a little... <laughs> you know, it was a... Let's be honest, lads, folks. It was a... It was an international break, but it wasn't a fun international break, was it? Oh. <laughs> I mean, you could have a break from the fun if you watch the international break, but I haven't done such a thing. So Everybody loved watching that. The San Marino goalkeeper, he was really good, apparently. Really? Like, how, how was, five and was still man of the match. How, as, a, as a Scotland fan, Rich, how was the, should I seek out the McGinn goal? Oh, it was nice. It was nice. It was nice. Okay. Well, there we go. So still... That was a good, still, was a good game, actually. Okay. Still some fun to be had during these times and during... Yeah, definitely. I've got a, I've got a bit of moan about the way they do international breaks now, but I'm going to just save it, I think. Yeah, you can you can just lay on if you want, if you want to just... It's just, it's just weird that they don't have matches at the weekend now. I, I suppose it gives non-league a chance to shine but it, it it's sort of strange from a a championship and above perspective we're mm. not playing and mm. nobody else is playing but anyway uh, to come back we are going to talk about so we'll, the next episode we'll review the game on Good Friday we will who have we got coming up on Good Friday now you're asking I thought I thought oh. you were leading off with that there. you're so confident with the uh, the way well, you found... into it I know, I just that persona of the um, top of the top of the plops type. Uh, top of the plops. We oh, have Watford. Watford away, and then we're playing on Easter Monday, aren't we? As well, we are. Okay. Um, we're play- we're in the diff. Well, we're not in the diff. Are they the diff coming to us? They're coming from the diff. They're coming from the diff. Oh, well, it's been a treat. Thank you so much again, Luke. And thank you for people sharing their clips with us and for being wonderful folks in general. And um, have a good week and and cheerio. See you, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you.